Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. The Blade of the Poisoner by Douglas Hill, adapted by Wally K. Daly, Part One. I was in Wellwood when the terrible thing happened. So being in Wellwood, I didn't see the soldiers enter the village of my people. Everybody, out of your huts and into the square. And I didn't see the butchery that soon followed. But always in my mind's eye, I picture it, knowing that I couldn't possibly make it worse than it really was. No, I was in Wellwood when it started. Hunting bushy-tailed animals with a pretend wooden spear, little knowing that even though only twelve, soon I would be fighting for my life with any weapon that came to hand. I am Jarrell. This is my story. Roll up, roll up. See the most amazing show in the city of Shiganti. Father, man of many blades. Watch him. The most death-defying juggler in the world. Watch as he juggles with every size and shape of razor-sharp knife and sword, risking death with every toss into the air, for he juggles blindfold. Ladies and gentlemen, roll up, roll up. See Carver, men of many blades. How do you reckon he does that if he can't see to catch the hill? He said it, soldier. It's a trick, and a bad trick at that. Yeah. He leaves a space to see through the thong of leather he ties round his eye. Uh, Man's a charlatan. Here, hang on, Sarge. Some crumpet coming on stage. Whoa. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Cabba will perform as no other knife man in the world would dare perform. He will throw these weapons at a living target. Myself, oh. Dorina, oh. while he is still blindfolded. <laughs> but I was in Wellwood and didn't hear at first. Just went on playing, until. What was that? The village. It's coming from the village. Must get back to the truck. Go home. See what's going on. Round the bend ahead, and then just another mile or so. So me there. No, a giant figure running along the path towards me, carrying a giant bow. It's my friend, the Huntress. I'm safe. Archer, what's uh, happening? Oh, horrible things, Jarrell. Things I can hardly make myself speak about. You are young, but you must be brave. What I must tell you is the worst thing you've known in your life. Your village has been destroyed. No! Yes. Everyone is dead except you. My guardians! Everyone. The cottages, the barns, the fields, the gardens, all has been crushed and burned. There's nothing left. Who did it, Archer? Why would anyone do that? I do not know why. But I do know that Prince Meftik did it. Or ordered it to be done by his soldiers or his creatures. Prince Meftik? He who is called the Poisoner. Ruler of all these lands, this whole eastern domain. Why would a prince destroy a village and kill everyone? What did we do? I do not know, Jarrell. Who can read the mind of such a man? He is the poisoner, a man of terrible cruelty and evil. What's going to happen to me? You will come with me. 
We've been friends many years now. You're an orphan like I am, so I always thought of you as kin. Oh, Archer, my poor guardians. They were always so good to me. We cannot mourn properly now. The poisonous servants are still in Wellwood. They'll be hunting for any who ran to the forest. We must get away swiftly. Can we go and look at the village first? No. There is nothing left to see except horror. Remember it as you last saw it. Be still. What? What? Soldiers there. Do the soldiers wear green? Everybody connected with Meftig wears green. It is the colour that marks. Listen. There is something besides soldiers on that ridge, Jarrell. What are those creatures? We must run as fast as we can. You must keep going deep into the forest without looking back. No matter what I do or what you hear, keep running until you can run no more. And then walk or crawl if you must, but do not stop. Do you understand, Gerald? If you value your life, do not stop. Does <gasps> a little closer comfort cover? Have I ever harmed you yet? Your body's just about marked out on the board now. A short sword to rest above your head. <laughs> then two throwing knives. One on either side of your throat should finish the baton nicely. Oh. Throw! Oh. And the show is ended! Oh. You're right, Sarge. It's a trick. It must be a trick. Fakery! This is a trick, don't, and we'll prove it to these clowns before he's done. Oh, yeah. Ran out of blades, blind man. We'll take this one. <gasps> Cover! He's thrown his knife at your back. Not to worry, Dorina. He swayed and avoided it without turning. How did you see it, Carver? How did you see it? No time for chat. I must return the sergeant's knife. Here, sergeant, have it back. Your needs are greater than mine. It's headed straight for us! Get back! (laughs) Archer! Archer! Where are you? She's gone. Must keep running. Oh, no! A soldier on a horseback coming up behind. That's Archer's bow. Ah! She got him. It's me. Ah! It's me. Do not slow down, Gerald. The danger is great. I've got to stop Archer. My lungs are burning. You can't stop. You're running for your life. Run. Something close behind Archer. Keep running. I'll fire off a shot. She didn't hit it. Whatever it is, she didn't hit it. Impossible. She never misses. You missed, Archer. Yes. Strange. Still, it fled from the path behind us into the forest. That'll slow it down a little. Keep running round the bend and then onwards. No, stop, Gerald. Our path is blocked. A barrier across the path. Sticky and shining. Where's the trees? What is it? It's a web, Gerald. But not any ordinary web. Strong enough to hold a man in its grip. But what creature could have made such a massive thing? Hold it there, the two oh. of you. Oh. We've been expecting you. As you see, 20 of us are crossbows point steady at your hearts. If you are ready to die, make a move. And now our little friends come to join us. They're spiders, Archer. Giant black spiders. Quite right, young boy. Bigger than a fighting dog and twice as vicious. One move and I set them on you. Now to get rid of this damn strip of leather from my eyes. Ah, it's better. You took a great risk with the soldiers, Carver. They took the risk, Dorina. They're soldiers of the Poisoner, and you've made enemies of them. I've made worse enemies. I don't doubt that. Carver, 
Won't you tell me? How do you do it? I know it's a real blindfold, and that sergeant's knife was thrown at your back. I told you, Dorina. I have a, a trick for seeing past the blindfold. But it's my stage secret. Look, go finish clearing the stage. Oh, so many things she doesn't know. Doesn't know the secret of my wooden staff that stands over there in the corner. And if she saw me rest fingers on my eyeballs like this... Saw me remove my fingers along with the two glass pieces that are now resting on the fingertips. Saw that on the glass was drawn, pupils and iris, perfect painted imitation eyes. And then finally saw what had been hidden behind the glass imitations. Two shiny black dead eyeballs staring from their sockets. Not a pretty sight for a young woman who thinks she's in love. The mirror on the wall behind me. Flickering flames appearing in it. The flames forming into words. Seek Archer in the Wellwood. Save the boy. So what problem has Archer got herself into this time? That she cannot save the boy herself? Good old Krill and his messages in the mirror. Wouldn't bother to mention where to find this Wellwood or why Archer can't save this unnamed boy herself. Oh, dear. My leaving so suddenly will, of course, make Dorina unhappy. For about a day and a half. All right, blind men. You're going to learn you can't make a fool out of me. You're doing that all by yourself, Sergeant. Well, what say I cut your offensive head off of that judder? <laughs> You can but try. Meanwhile, let's even it up a little bit. Get rid of these soldiers of yours with a well-aimed kick or two. <coughs> a bad mistake to turn your back on a man with a sword. Are you sure? <laughs> he stuck me, Sergeant! He, he ducked! Oh, no. And now, Sergeant, I will show you a secret that few see. I will show you the secret of my staff here in the corner. One twist of the head, and there you have it. A curved sword fit to match the best. Now, your soldiers being out of action, face me man to man. Cover? Your eyes. What about his eyes? Oh. <laughs> I've heard of one like you. A warrior of great skill whose dead black eyes can see beyond them before. All around and in every direction. You've heard that, have you? Men say he may be a demon or a talent. They say his true name rises from the blade he wields. Scythe, they call him. Scythe, the blind man. Scythe, the seer. You shouldn't worry about names too much. Or swords that curve like this one does. No. I'm getting out of here, Sergeant! Dorina, I must be on my way. Your eyes, shiny black, empty. They look, they look. Oh. oh, well, perhaps it's for the best. I hate long goodbyes. What can we do, Archer? For the moment, nothing. But I guess they await their master. All hail Prince Meftik. Hail, hail Prince, Prince Meftik. Oh, no. 
It's the poisoner himself. An excellent hunt. How amusing to see again that frightened beasts will flee blindly into well-set traps. She has not been disarmed. No, Highness, your pardon. You, get her weapons. Very good, sir. Throw down your bow and the knife at your belt. And if I don't... At this range, the bolt from my crossbow will go straight through you. True. Very sensible. Nor has she been bound. Your pardon, Highness. Being a giantess... It seems I must do these things myself. Topo! The spider approached at his bidding, his hand, making passes over it. Bind her tight! Watch out, Archer. It's going to wrap you in the cords spewing from its bone. Too late. It's round me. I can't break it. <laughs> Excellent. A most gratifying day. All shall be rewarded. Oh. Now, giantess, stop your futile struggling against the binding and explain your presence here. We are but innocent wayfarers, Prince Meftic. Innocent you probably never were. And certainly not now you have slain one of my men. Your arrows fly too far and too true for those of a mere wayfarer. <laughs> I am quite sure I know what you and the whelp are, and I will soon have it confirmed by my master. The boy, I believe, is a survivor from that wretched village, and you, giantess are almost certainly an agent of that fool of a wizard, Krilltor Tabatang, who foolishly dreams of opposing my master. Whatever I may be, Prince, the boy is of no importance. A person of your size and strength, giantess, will provide a valuable subject on whom I can test some of my newer venoms. I have no fear of dying, no matter how soon it must be, but the boy... Soon? Oh, no! I can guarantee you many weeks of unbridled torment before I finally put an end to you. As for the whelp, he is simply a piece of unfinished business, but it would be a pity to finish it too soon. You've already killed everybody but him from his village. Why continue the slaughter? <laughs> his pathetic village was erased far too quickly to provide much amusement. Perhaps the boy should be honoured through being shown the way to death by my favourite plaything. Mastic, you cannot... Again, you tell me what I can and cannot do. He's a child. Use your vile blade on me if it must I be... I have told you of my plans for you, outlaw. But the boy... He crossed to stand in front of me, looking at me cruelly for long moments without speaking. Then he slowly drew his sword from its sheath. The sword had emeralds embedded in its hilt, and the blade of the sword was stained a livid, sickly green, even lighter and uglier than the uniforms of his soldiers. All the while, Archer groveled at his feet, begging that he should spare me. Mephtic, no, Mephtic. For her to do that, I knew, meant I was indeed in great danger. Don't do it, Meftic. In the name of all that's holy, don't do it. Well, boy, how do you like the look of the blade of the poisoner? Ready to feel its killing kiss. <laughs> Where's he gone? Got to be some kind of devil spawn. Eyes yeah. like that. Oh, got to be no kind of human. I'm human. Oh, if I'm no. cut, I bleed. 
But you two together will never be good enough to find that out for yourselves. Oh, no. No, you have nothing to fear. I might have killed your sergeant had he stayed to fight. But I don't kill those who are unarmed or unmanned by fear, as you two are. So, my glass-eye coverings are both smashed beyond redemption. So now, a cloak and a leather thong to hide the sockets, and you see... I am a blind beggar again. Sword back in its scabbard, knives in their holster at the back of my neck. And now, soldiers, I shall be on my way. I don't suppose that either of you knows a place called Wellwood. Wellwood, sir. Big forest eastways, beyond the far barrens. You follow the Bloodvein River, past a big waterfall called the Chimes, sir. Good. I know the barons. The Prince Meftic, he's travelling out that way to go hunting. Hunting? Now I understand. I know what happens when the poisoner hunts and how he treats those he captures. Take hold of her! Come on! Let me tell you about my toy, little boy. I don't want to hear about it. I just want your soldiers to leave Archer alone. You will hear whether you wish to or not. It is a gift from my master, a magical sword. People call it the Tainted Blade, but I prefer another name. I call it the Blade of Lingering Death. Lingering Boy. Note that. <laughs> no, don't touch me with it You are wise to pull your cheek out of reach of it A mere scratch from this blade is fatal But not at once In fact, not until the next full turning of the moon And then, the person with the scratch Falls dead, as if stabbed to the heart Do you understand? No ill effects at all until the moon completes its changes. <laughs> no! Keep it away from my face! But during the time before the moon changes, the wounded person sees his death drawing closer, reaching for him. In every moment, for all those days, he feels terror and despair, waiting for the moon to complete its changes. He is dying in his mind. All that time, dying, in every moment of every day. Here is your honour, boy. Last night, the moon was full. Four weeks hence, another full moon will rise, though you will not see it. By then, you will be in my throne room to provide my entertainment, but you will not enjoy it, for that full moonrise will be the last moment of your life. <laughs> Take my mark, boy, and begin your month of dying. No! As ever, Hob, my old friend, you've got us here in splendid time. No, no, that's all right. You don't have to thank me. Ah, that's it, Hob, the waterfall known as the Chime to our left. Well on track for Wellwood. We'll camp here tonight and take our bearings. Here, yeah, not so fast with the welcome, Hob. May not be a friend. I see now. Going into the forest. Not wearing green, so at least it's not a soldier of the poisoner. Hey up, Hob. Let's go and see who travels the road with us. 
Now they are wearing green. Come on, Hob. Pathway's getting crowded. Down the ridge, Hob, and head for the trees. We've been spotted, Hob! Okay, Hob. Away you run and make yourself scarce. Catch up with you soon. Now, into the bushes. See how keen they are to find me. Well, she's in here somewhere. I saw her up there. Keep looking. She? Surely even soldiers couldn't mistake a blind beggar man in a cloak for a woman. Hmm. Someone crawling toward me from behind. Ah, young woman, so that's who they're searching for. Slim, blonde, pretty. And pretty superior by the looks of her. Fine clothes and leading a fine white horse with a good saddle. Stop where you are, girl. How, how did you see me? Your eyes are covered. The question is why you're creeping up behind me. I didn't even see you there. I was I was watching for the soldiers. Then what is a little rich girl doing out here alone, hiding from the soldiers? You will not speak to me so. I am the Lady Mandragorina, daughter of Lord Felly of Fellyhale, who is warden of the northern area. If you say so, the question still stands. Why are you here? I, I was sent to this road to wait for someone. A blind man who sees more fully than men with our eyes. You cover your eyes, yet you seem to see me behind you. By any chance, were you sent by one who wears only blue, has a very good opinion of himself, and likes speaking in riddles? Oh, yes, that's Krill. Yes, Krill Tor Tabatang, sorcerer, outlaw, humorist, collector of talents, who could never do anything as simple as telling you my name. Still, I suppose there can be no other blind man with vision like you. It is a true talent. Yes, I can see all around me, above and below at once, but with part of my mind, not my eyes. Look. <gasps> the Grim Reaper. Why did you say that? An image came to my mind of a figure in a hooded cloak bearing a scythe. I've heard many names in many places, but most often, by those who know me, I'm called Scythe. Because like the figure in your image, I've harvested a number of lives from the camp of the enemy. And it is your talent, then, that brought you to Krill? Reaching into the minds of others? In a way. But getting images from others' minds happens only with some difficulty. My main talent... Shh! The soldiers return. Back into the bushes. No need. What? Where is your horse? I sent him on. The green ones would find a cat in these woods more easily than Hob when he's hiding. But with you and your mare, we have little chance of staying out of sight. You are wrong. With me, there is every chance. My throwing knives will even the numbers a little. Wait here. No, we both stay here. Just stand still and don't make a sound. We will be seen and taken captive. Watch. He was a madman. He'd ripped my garment and left me bare-chested. Then he went to carve me with the sword, his eyes gleaming with the pleasure of it, a touch of saliva at the corner of his mouth, when suddenly he had been stopped. No matter how hard he tried to cut me with the sword, it wouldn't move. I saw Archer was sitting on the ground, her eyes tight closed, her face strained, and I realised this was somehow of her doing. Suddenly the sword started curving round in Meftik's hand. Instead of my chest, it was heading for Meftik's throat. It's a talent! 
Stop her! Stop her! She's turning the blade on me! Knock her unconscious! Quickly! Knock her unconscious, you idiot! Clap her down! The sword is going to cut me! But they'll... Tell you, I'm sure there must be here somewhere. I heard voices. I don't believe it. They're near enough to touch. They must be blind. Quiet. You're dreaming, soldier. There's no one to be seen anywhere. Just go back and join the others. Oh, shut it. There's no need for that. There's no female company around for you, lad. I guess you're both right. Nothing. They must have ridden out on the far side. Let's go. Well... That was well done, whatever it was. My main talent is making people see things or not. They looked at us and saw three small bushes. <laughs> Their horses seemed troubled. The horses saw what the men saw, but they could smell us, especially Pearl, my mare. We must have seen very strange bushes to them. <laughs> then my thanks, and my apologies for not paying attention at first. A pleasure to meet you, my lady Mandragorina. My friends call me Mandra. Mandra it is, and I'm Scythe. And here comes my faithful Hob. Not as lovely as your Pearl, but he has surprised many men and outrun many horses. In times past, he's been my only friend. Your only friend? What about Krill? I owe the wizard much, of course. When I was a stripling of about your age, I'm... Fifteen? Fourteen and a half. Near enough. Krill plucked me from poverty, found a teacher to give me warrior skills, developed my talent when it showed itself. But I don't think of him as a friend. I'm simply in his service, doing his bidding against the enemy, as I'm doing now, riding to the Wellwood. Krill mentioned that name, the Wellwood, when he sent me here. You seem very young to be sent on a mission. With Meftic abroad, the risk could be great. I'm not afraid. Besides, Krill said that my talent would be needed beyond the Wellwood. Interesting. But who is Archer? And this boy who must be saved? Archer is another of Krill's collection of talents. As for the boy, the wizard told me nothing. No doubt we'll learn more when we find Archer, who is probably well in control of the situation by now. <gasps> That's it, sire. No fight left in her. Good. Now... I will proceed with the boy. You're a beast! Have your men strike down a defenceless woman, Meftic? No, do not fire at him. That is much too pleasant an end. Don't you understand, little boy? There is no escape for you or her. Now begins your death, which will end finally when next the moon is full. One scratch will do. But for your impertinence, you may have the honour of my signature on your chest. The letter M. A straight line down. Ah! A line coming sideways from the top of the fist. Ah! A line going up from the end of that line. Ah! And another straight line down to finish. Ah! <laughs> See, a perfect bloody letter M on your chest. 
and so begins your journey to your death, little boy. The leaves and twigs in the path ahead are being twirled by the wind. And the wind, no doubt, being twirled by Krill. You think? Oh, yes. A message is surely on its way. Wait till they all fall. You'll see. You're right. Make haste. The poisoner is in the wellwood. The blade has been used on the boy. What does it mean? What blade? The blade of the poisoner. And if it has indeed been used, in four weeks' time the boy will die in agony. In part one of The Blade of the Poisoner, adapted by Wally K. Daly from the book by Douglas Hill, you heard James Holland as Gerald the Boy, Eric Allen as Gerald the Man, Elizabeth Bell as Archer, Ben Onwukwe as Carver, Ajoa Ando as Dorina, Susan Sheridan as Mandra, Nigel Carrington, Charles Millam and Neil Roberts as soldiers, and Hugh Dixon as Prince Meftik. Special effects were by Dick Mills and music by Peter Howell of the BBC Radiophonic Workshop. The director was Peter Fozard. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.